You want to just hit stop and start again? So no. Like, that way you don't have to listen to this we, garbage. We can have some of this banter as like the music swells in the very beginning. You know how they do that in podcasts? This, oh, this should just be It makes us seem... Yeah, this should be. This should be it. All right. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the first ever first inaugural ever. episode. Inaugural episode. Of the Future Vision Podcast. Future Vision. I'm Nathan. I'm Jan. You know our names. That's all you're ever going to know about us. Yep. So, what is Future Vision, Jan? Dude, I don't know. It's, this is your podcast. Is it mine? I don't even know. I thought know it was something yet. we were doing together. I no, thought it was I, this I, like, I collaborative effort. It was, you know, kind of the tying the knot on our friendship. Not nothing's ending. But tying like, the knot of our friendship? <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, that does not sound like what you think it sounds like. <laughs> we're not getting married. What would All you right, pause? hey guys. So, why would you pause there, though? <laughs> What's wrong with you? So, hello everyone. You're probably not going to listen to this. You're probably not listening yet. But why are we making Future Vision? What is the purpose of this podcast? What it is is that every two weeks we're going to choose either a industry, a topic, an event, and both analyze currently what's happening in that, and then speculate on the future of that event. Um, and the main focus that we want to have throughout this is how is it going to influence the direct consumer, the everyday person, within the span of their lives, so in the next 50 years. It's interesting to speculate about the future 200 years in the future, and think Orwellian, but we want to talk about how is your life going to be directly affected. Long story short, something like that. we're looking at past trends to figure out future performance, and to figure out how that's going to impact We're talking. No, what we're talking about is disruptors. Disruptors. Disruptions. Disruptors? Distractions. Distractions. Cool. So, we're both in the DC area, and to kick things off, we want to talk about Amazon HQ2. So you probably all know about it at this point, but I'm actually looking through the RFP, the Request for Proposal from Amazon, which is surprisingly like a seven-page Calibri article. It looks like it was, so, written, it looks yeah. like it was written in like two days at most. And yeah. this is a multi-billion dollar like contract, and it looks like it was written by like an intern in like 45 minutes on, on Google Docs, which I thought was really funny. It's not a bad I, thing. It's not bad. It's just Calibri, it, but like- It makes it accessible, I guess. You would think they, I don't know. The font just seems off to me. I mean, um, that just looks like it's Yeah. Is it Arial? I think so. Okay. I'm mixing. They're, they're similar. They're similar. It just looks like if you made a Word doc and you put it online and you turn it into a PDF. That's literally what it looks like. Well, yes. If, if you made a default Google Doc without changing any settings yeah. and you pressed export, yeah. this is what you get. And that's what, that's what Amazon did. You gotta... Well, they were, they were probably using Fire Docs or something. One of their widely used proprietary Amazon things. I'm sure they probably use Google Docs. Any Amazon engineers listening in, do you guys use Google Docs? Comment below. <laughs> we, we think you do. <laughs> we know Apple does. We know they're using Drive. Oh, true. Big surprise. All right. So in September of last year, 2017, Amazon released a statement saying, hey, guys, we're going to be opening a second headquarters. It is going to house approximately 50,000 new employees. Those employees are going to have an average salary of approximately $100,000 or more. And the investments that are going to go into infrastructure are going to be over $5 billion. So they basically started something called the Hunger Games, where everyone across the entire United States and Canada was competing to basically win this bid and get HQ2. And, and a lot of uh, cities that put in bids uh, were offering a lot of very large incentives to get Amazon to come to their area. Yes. So... We'll, we'll talk about the incentives, especially the incentives relevant to us in the future, but it's, you know, it's very contentious, the number of tax incentives and other subsidies that people were offering. The point where the amount of investment was, they were offering it more than $5 billion. For reference, um, Newark, New Jersey has the highest bid because they're the most desperate. And they were offering $7 billion in tax incentives. So they were offering to lose $2 billion just to get Amazon to revitalize their work sector stuff. Yep. And it's kind of brilliant for Amazon to to just put this out there because essentially, just like the name Hunger Games kind of implied, everyone is fighting amongst themselves to just give Amazon any sort of bid, whereas Amazon didn't set any sort of limit before. Mm -hmm. So now it, it, it's, it's very capitalist in the sense that all of the cities are, are just setting their own, what whatever they can do, and, and they're, they're competing with each other. And it's a 
it's very not even very quickly like it has turned into like a very big race to the bottom almost Mm -hmm. so before we go into the brilliance of that strategy i was just wondering why do you think amazon wants a second hq so right now if you if you look at the way that Amazon's structured in a lot of their major cities. So their first headquarters right now is in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And in Seattle, they're really dominating a lot of the, the real estate down there. So um, a lot of the big neighborhoods that are currently in Seattle are, are literally more or less, not literally, but they're more or less um, Amazon owned to the mm-hmm. point where their entire neighborhoods that just have uh, Amazon buildings in there. They have, nearby apartments and they have like a lot of different food and stuff like that that are very catered towards their employees Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough this led to uh, a lot of the housing bubble that's currently in seattle right now as well and that's something we might touch on uh later down the road in this podcast when we talk about repercussions yeah but yeah i mean that's something with seattle is that seattle Mm -hmm. is dominated by a few corporate entities it's the same thing with microsoft that you can see droves of people using windows phones Mm -hmm. the only people in the world who are and you know those are microsoft employees people at microsoft don't use my windows phones they did they just like pointing that out maybe maybe three years ago that was a thing okay so we said that amazon has had tremendous effect over seattle but how is that impetus for branching out to a second headquarters as opposed to you know, further expanding within their current quarter. That's the thing is is when we're talking about Seattle, they, they've kind of maximized what they can really do in the city of Seattle. If they wanted to really keep expanding at this point, they'd have to go into a lot of the more suburban areas of Seattle at this point, which is dominated a lot more by entities like Microsoft and Boeing. So mm-hmm. they're frankly, they're, they're kind of running out of space in Seattle. So that's one, one big reason there. In addition to that, if they want to start recruiting other um, sort of college graduated uh, individuals, they're going to have to start expanding their market. And this is something that a lot of the major tech companies have been doing. They try to have offices in a lot of major cities such as San Francisco, New York, Austin, um, Seattle, obviously. Is the uh, reasoning for that essentially Atlanta. that there aren't enough people from local universities to fill their slots and... They don't want to have to basically fly over people on the prospect that they might be worth it. It's just kind of a that's part of a it. way to optimize recruiting. That's that part of it. And the other part of it, too, is, is or is it there like will be a lot of specializations that they can draw from, I guess. That's also part of it as well. There's going to be some schools that are very focused on doing certain things. For example, uh, Georgia Tech is a great mm-hmm. computer science school, so they might want to um, get some people specifically out of there. But uh, another uh, big part of it, too, is that you can't have everyone just coming to one major hub or city. Diversifying means that you, have, you, you can offer different sorts of lifestyles for your employees. And that means that you might have uh, a higher possibility of re- recruiting mm-hmm. people with different personalities and with different needs. Yeah. So if we were, if we were to say that we were to order everyone by their technical ability... Um, if previously they were filtering everyone down to the extent that people who were willing to come to Seattle, now they're widening that pool so they can get more people of the ability that they want because they're accessible and they want to work Yeah. in whatever climate that they're offering. Yeah. And one thing to note is Amazon already has pretty big offices in mm-hmm. San Francisco and in uh, New York City. And, and the same is kind of true for a lot of the other big tech companies, Apple, Google, and Microsoft, Facebook. They, they all have... They're all kind of following the strategy of, of offering offices in a lot of different cities and a lot of different countries as well to just try to recruit the best talent wherever they are. What's funny is they've all had that, but this is the first instance I can think of where they're really proclaiming it to be a second headquarters of the same magnitude of the first. Mm-hmm. I know there's some talks about Apple being interested in that as well, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, what the I, long-term idea of that is. Yeah. Maybe it's just that their growth prospects, they're, they, they have room for second headquarters. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So what locations have they been looking into? So there's about a list of about, I think, 20 locations for HQ2 that so, were proposed. Yeah. So just for history, there were 238 proposals as mm-hmm. of October 23rd, 2017. So in only a month and a half, 238 places had mobilized and made full proposals to Amazon. That's including spaces in which they were going to be looking at, subsidies they were going to be offering, all that kind of stuff. Some of them were serious. Some of them were not serious. Some of them were you know, entirely publicity stunts on the basis of the actual place, just trying to get in the news to some extent. It's pretty funny that, that a promotional campaign of this magnitude has never really existed. 
So yeah, this is a very, we're hearing about some weird stuff. Uh, yeah, there are okay. a lot of places that just put in joke bits uh, and made YouTube videos that went viral. On January eighteenth, twenty remained twenty out here in the thirty-eight. And just looking at a map here, it's immediately evident that the vast majority of them are nestled in the northeast, which makes sense from the context of them wanting to be, you know, a multi-coastal or a you know nationwide industry. Mm-hmm. So just to go down, we have Atlanta, Austin, Boston, Chicago. Columbus, Dallas, Denver, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Miami, Montgomery County. Notice that's the first thing that's not a city on here. Beyond that, we have Nashville, Newark, New York City, Northern Virginia, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Raleigh, Toronto, and Washington, D.C. Toronto being the only Canadian thing on the list. I know a few others have bits, but... Mm -hmm. So, just like what Nathan was saying, it looks like there's a lot of East Coast, maybe potentially some Midwest cities... And this really ties into having that sort of uh, regional flair to Amazon. They really want to be where they haven't been to a certain extent and try to drum up and find a lot of engineers uh, and recruit them for uh, whatever projects that they're working on. Mm -hmm. And then to narrow down a bit more what they're looking for, on their request for proposal, they have within 30 miles of population center, within 45 minutes of an international airport, no more than one to two miles for major highways, access to mass transit, um, and beyond that, a lot more. They want initially at least 500,000 um, square feet for building things, up to 8 million long-term. Um, they also go over kind of the growth over the past about 20 years of how Amazon's been at Seattle and make the argument that ultimately the investments to the local economy that have come from Amazon have been greater than the investments that they've taken out. So, so they're just hyping themselves and saying... If you give us all this money now... It'll be worth it, guys. It'll be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. Give us those $7 billion tax incentives. Yeah. It's no problem. It's like the Olympics. So now that we have this list of finalists, are there any of those, uh, any cities on that list that really pop out at you? <clears throat> so we actually discussed a little beforehand what we thought were the most viable places. Um, and the three cities that were most viable were Austin, D.C., and Atlanta. Um, and before we jumped into those, there were a few others that I thought were viable, and you shot them down when we first talked about them. Oh, yeah? And I'm interested, because I feel like you probably have an interesting thing to say in them. So I'm looking through... City Lab has a really great article where they break down the pros and cons of every single one of these places, what their bids are, what their potential locations are, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and one of the ones that we're seeing across the board, I think, some bidders place it at number one recently. There's all these sites and these aggregators popping up where people are... People are talking claiming about to have statistical evidence for why one place is going to get picked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boston is one of the top. Yeah. But Boston, you like shot down immediately. So I'm wondering why. Because Boston sounds like a good bid from the, you know, proximity to a lot of good schools. Yeah. A lot of good industry. A good, um, yeah. I mean, why not Boston? It's a good question. So I guess right off the bat, Boston does have good schools. It's close to... Uh, Boston College, it's close to MIT, it's close to... It's very close to an airport. It's close to an airport, it's close to Harvard, and, uh, uh, you know, it's in... It's a stone's throw of, like, other colleges like Cornell as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of talent up in Boston. And it's it's a very big city, and they're close to a lot of... uh, They're close to their international airport, because Boston has one. So it, it, it kind of checks off all of the different boxes. But to me, I don't feel like there's any personal connection that mm-hmm. Amazon has to Boston itself. Okay. And it'll make sense in a lot of the other bids. But for example, uh, with DC, Jeff Bezos has ties to the area. He has a house here. Mm-hmm. He Which will go owns the Washington Post. The One of the biggest AWS centers on the East Coast is in DC. Uh, in other bids, for example, like Austin, Whole Foods is located there, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a lot of server and uh, storage facilities down there as well. So I just don't feel like Amazon really has that sort of personal tie to the area. The closest you could get is um, Amazon Robotics is in Boston, and that's something that is worth mentioning, and that could mm-hmm. be a flaw in what I'm saying. Um, if you guys don't know... Uh, Amazon has a lot of a lot of robotics that runs their warehouses around the world. 
when you get your Amazon Prime shipping, they have a lot of very advanced robotics to actually um, get get the right packages. And, and that, that process is not fully automated, but it's very close from what I've uh, seen online. And a lot of the technology to do that came from a startup that's in Boston. And they're definitely innovating in that area. It wasn't Boston Dynamics, was it? It was not Boston Dynamics. I, I wish it was. Boston Dynamics. I want a Boston cool. Dynamics robot taking, bringing me my yeah. fidget spinner. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. So the three that we narrowed down were Austin, Atlanta, and DC. So we're going to talk about those um, with a little more depth. Mm-hmm. So as we said before, one of the biggest things for Austin is basically having prior uh, connections. So as Janth just said, um, the most recent acquisition of Amazon was Whole Foods, which is based there. Austin is a blue city in a red state, which is an interesting thing because another thing they talk about is they want it to be a, a city that fits with the culture of Amazon, which basically means a tech city, which basically means it must be very blue. So Austin is in an interesting place to that, relative to that, because obviously it's a very red state, but a very blue city. So a few things that don't make sense of Austin. Austin is a very small airport. Mm-hmm. Um, cultural fit, once again, could be a problem. Um, Austin overall in size, I mean, it's growing very fast. And Austin actually, I've seen that when it comes to tech jobs per capita, Austin's growing faster than any other city in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do you think are holding back Austin? With reference to, so obviously wanna, we're on Team DC. We should probably just say that now, and we're building up to DC. So we're in DC. We're shameless. So it's all good. All of this is about why it's worse than DC when yeah. we say cons. That's what we really mean. Okay. So before we break down Austin, I think that there's a lot of good things there that we have to mention. Mm-hmm. So uh, like what you're saying before, Whole Foods headquarters is in Austin. Um, it they there's a lot of presence in the area, and there's a lot of tech jobs in the area. Like Austin is yes. a very tech-centric city it's definitely if you think austin about is now i mean it's san francisco seattle boston austin like it's it's there at this point yeah or at least at least yeah. when we talk about the velocity of growth it's there yeah. um and i think in the next 15 years it's going to be one of the hubs to that extent new york city as well yeah and maybe dc we'll see but. yeah and kind of adding on to that you know if you name a big tech company they're there apple google microsoft ibm has a big presence there amazon has a certain presence there as well what do you think it is that Austin kind of built that reputation? Is it just that within that geographical area, it was just kind of chosen as the central place for that to happen? And that it was already kind of a, a blue city and that kind of attracted those places and then it all kind of snowballed from there? It's, or, I, I personally feel like there's ever there's never really any one thing sure. that ha- excuse me happens to draw you to a city. Mm-hmm. Like it's a combination of almost everything that you just said. There excuse me, they're a very liberal city. They happen to have ties to different organizations. So for example, IBM was very big there from the start. They, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of offices in the area. IBM Watson, I think is actually, there's a lot of Austin employees that, that work on IBM Watson there. Um, they're close to a lot of universities. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas, uh, UT Austin is in Austin, for example. But uh, UT is also a very good college system. UT is one of the best and, systems. So. And they, they drive a lot of their uh, graduates to Austin. That, that That's kind of what happens. Hmm. Um, in addition to that, uh, another item to mention is that Amazon has warehouses in Austin. So not only do they have a digital presence, but they also have a very physical presence there as well. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of... Amazon's business that a lot of people don't talk about. Sure. Amazon, the people treat Amazon like they're a fully digital company. Exactly. But that, they're not. All the de- developers are over in Seattle and everything else is a warehouse, which is irrelevant to their operations. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, one trivia note to mention, Amazon's Super Bowl ad was almost entirely in Austin this year. Fair point. So okay. people people were a little... Uh, there's definitely a lot of people online who are who are conspiracy mm-hmm. theorying about this it would be funny if that was just a bait and switch people like people if they think made that sign. intentionally just to people think it's a sign who knows who knows i yeah. can see jeff bezos trolling us though. yeah he um, seems like the kind of person who would yeah. so yeah and uh one thing to note specifically is that austin didn't offer as much economic incentive to amazon yes. compared so, to a lot of the other uh organization or a lot of the other cities they were more or less taking the attitude of Here's what we can offer. You can take it or leave it. And I think that's they they have the the backing to really do that because 
they can rely on the texting that's already there. Yes. They can more or less say, if you want access to our resources, here's what you're going to get out of doing it. Yes. Um, for, for reference, Texas does not have a state income tax. So a lot of the tax incentives that we're going to see seeing coming from other places, they're there essentially, but they're not obviously part of the bid. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I think that goes over Austin to some extent. So Do you have anything up, you want to talk about Austin for? That was pretty much it. Okay. So Atlanta. A lot of people have talked about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Quavo's talked about Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's another city that's that's growing up really fast mm-hmm. um, in terms of industry. For example, okay, starting off, um, there's a lot of universities in Atlanta, which means that there's a lot of top talent that's in Atlanta as well. Going back to what I was saying earlier. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, Georgia State, yep. Emory. Um, yep. And they're close enough to like rally in kind of that area that they could pull from there as well. Yep. Um, I guess another thing... Just referencing airports, they have the busiest airport in the country, um, within close proximity, which seems to be a big deal, probably because Bezos just wants to go back and forth a lot. Except he has a private jet, so I guess that doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think it, I don't think it matters for him. I think the I do wonder why that's so important. I think the idea for them is that a lot of their it's it, it's twofold. One of it is for recruiting. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to recruit talent to the area, yes, that's, that's you need to be case. close to an airport to be able to fly them in. Exactly. So if you're interviewing, yeah, exactly. Make it easy. If you're interviewing someone from, I don't know, like Kansas City, you need to fly them somewhere, right? So being close to Atlanta is actually a boon for them. In addition to that, if you want to fly your employees to other places, that's a big win for them as well. If they're trying to bring in some of their talent that's overseas, like in um, you know India or um, Europe or something like that, they need they need to be able to fly them to the U.S. Uh, in somewhat relative ease. They you know so they they need access to an airport. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Atlanta, Atlanta is also seeing a lot of success with that velocity of bringing in things. Facebook recently opened a data center there, um, and other big companies are showing a lot more interest in it. Yeah. So, Hot they, Atlanta is yeah, a thing. They have um, they don't have a lot of tech in the area, but they do have big companies. For example, Home Depot, uh, owned by Arthur Blank, is headquartered in Atlanta. Um, in addition to that. Uh, they do have a somewhat small startup scene there. It's it's yeah. mostly a lot of Georgia Tech students mm-hmm. who are trying to start their own thing or people who are, who are somewhat close to the area trying to start their own thing. Um, for example, Yik Yak was one of the most successful startups there. Uh, Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MailChimp is... Interesting. Okay. ...is uh, headquartered in Atlanta. If you guys are listening, give us your ad money, please. MailChimp. 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 MeUndies. Squarespace. Something. Some of those organic nut snack companies. I know there's a lot of those in podcasts. RX Bar, yo. Come over here. RX Bar. Yeah, RX Bar. We got you. Cliff Bar? Not anymore, dude. Cliff Bar, you, dude, you fell you off, dude. Don't, Too many processed sugars. Don't hate, don't hate on so advertisers, dude. Okay, but it's Cliff Bar. No. Have you even heard Cliff Bar in a Dude, I like podcast? Cliff Bars. I like Cliff Bars. I like Cliff Bars, too, actually. Yeah, so why are we hating? I don't know. Kashi, we're here. Um, kind bars. All right. Also. All right. Not back to, back Maybe to, not to, I don't back care. to Atlanta. Yes. Well, what's bad about Atlanta? For one, it's in the South. So we're talking about cultural fit again. Um, there is the potential of basically codifying discrimination against LGBT people in Atlanta. Um, and then another big thing is their, um, transportation system is not very developed. So Atlanta has almost 80% of its commuters are traveling alone by car. Um, the vast majority of Atlanta people do not use public transportation. And that's definitely, I mean, Amazon, you know, it's a custom Seattle. It's a custom to, well, Seattle actually doesn't have a particularly well-developed metro system itself. Yeah. But it's, it's still very far culturally from Atlanta in, in that respect. So the question is, are, do they want to diversify to something like that? Or do they want something more familiar that's easier to build out of to some extent? Yeah. I also think that the, the lack of tech in the area is definitely going to hurt Atlanta. Um, going back, like what we're saying is, excuse me, while there's still big universities in the area, while there's still Georgia Tech and uh, some of these other uh, uh, colleges, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's still a lot of top tech talent in the area. So they would definitely have to kind of build it up and they would be kind of the, the beacon, I guess, in the area there aren't that many tech companies that are down there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then in reference to um, their bid, they're offering over $1 billion in infrastructure improvements. Um, they've also said they have plans to expand their rail system. So they're offering a lot more than Austin, but also at the same time, they don't have the same kind of ingrained tax incentives that Texas, Texas is offering. Mm-hmm. But overall, $1 billion, it's nothing like Newark, who's offering 7 So, you know, they're kind of standing by their guns. They're pretty confident, I see. I think that they're, again, like going back, the, the biggest thing for me for Atlanta is if Amazon went there, they would have to build the, the, the tech culture. Yeah. That's yeah. their biggest challenge more than anything else. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure, that's not the end of the world for Amazon or for Atlanta, I feel like. It's not great, but it's not anything that, that could change in the future. Mm-hmm. But culture culture is really hard to build. That's the biggest thing that you can do. And that's why, for example, San Francisco has been able to stay so dominant in the tech scene because that culture is just really hard to build elsewhere. Sure. So are we going to talk about D.C.? We're going to talk about D.C. All right. But not just D.C. We're going to talk about Northern Virginia, D.C., and Montgomery County because three of the 20 things from their list mm-hmm. were within direct proximity to each other. So, so just for the record, uh, if you don't know a lot about uh, the, these locations in D.C., essentially you could drive to all three of these locations within an hour or two hours you could drive, I mean, you, you could go from touching Nova to touching Montgomery through D.C. in 20 minutes. Maybe okay. even touching it a not, little. Not 20 so. minutes. No, 20 minutes. About, okay, during rush hour, no. But <laughs> Late at night, you could. Long story short, people who are living in one of these areas could commute to the other. They're all that of, close. All of these areas are adjacent to each other. Yeah. Nova is adjacent to D.C., which is adjacent to Montgomery. Yep. The only thing dividing them is a river. So they're all basically the same thing, which is why it's such an eye-opener that they were all on the list. Yep. Also that Northern Virginia and Montgomery County are basically the two things that aren't a city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely indicative of something with mm-hmm. the chances. All right. So uh, which bit do you, do you want to start, start with? Start with D.C. Right okay. in the center. Okay. So um, when we're talking about D.C., I think we're talking about literally <laughs> Washington, D.C. proper. Like it's if best, you are part of the city. Yes. And it's best open of D.C. because a lot of the advantages of D.C., are the advantages of Nova and Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both close enough that a lot of the things you're going to be getting out of D.C., such as Jeff Bezos already connections with the Washington Post. He already owns a $20 million house there, like right next to Obama's house. Those things are going to, by proxy, basically benefit Nova and Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. These three places are basically, they are their most direct competitors. Yep. Um, and a lot of people have questioned whether or not they should kind of band together and kind of make a bid together to some extent. Um, there's yep. been history of them doing that before to attract other people. Mm-hmm. I can't recall exactly what it was, but at the moment, basically everyone has their own independent bid. And the question is, you know, did they combine it? If we split this, are we going to lose our chance? And, you know, if we truly did combine it and we said, you know, you can expand throughout these entire corridor, you know, would that be enough to push them over the edge over Atlanta or Austin or Boston or anyone else? Mm-hmm. So, so do we want to talk about benefits? Yes. DC? So um, one of the things that's really nice about um, DC proper is that they have a okay to decent public transportation system. Um, they have the DC Metro and uh, the bus system that's currently in DC. And it, it works. It's a good way to get around here and there. Um, and on top of that, you have access to a lot of the items that are in DC itself. Uh, for example, uh, going back to this idea of having um, city culture and nice options for their employees. Um, a lot of people do still commute into DC for, for example, if they want to go to a nice restaurant, if they want to have nice entertainment, you still have to go into the city in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So having the headquarters in the city could could offer kind of a better quality of living for their employees. Yes, exactly. So I think the biggest counter to that, so DC, you get that urban center, but the question is, where do you put it? Obviously with Montgomery County and with Nova, there are you know ample places. Some are basically entirely built parks that are completely abandoned that they could basically build into, which mm-hmm. would make the infrastructure um, a lot easier to do. So in DC, they, the bid actually, they haven't listed what their incentive packages are, but they have listed what they're for primary sites are not uh-huh. stringently exactly what they what the areas are or like you know what blocks are going to be blocked off yeah but because that's been my biggest question is dc is packed you know 
On top of that, uh, DC is not only packed, but it's uh, it's also flat. Yeah, what I was going to say is no building in DC can exceed the height of the Washington Monument. So when you look out over DC, what's funny is we don't have a skyline. Our skyline is the capital of the Washington Monument. Um, And the real skyline we have is across um, in Arlington, where we have kind of our tallest buildings. So, yeah, so you have to build out more than you build up. Um, So you'd have to build a sparse... Uh, sort of almost like a college campus rather than exactly. building out a couple of skyscrapers or something mm-hmm. like that. Which is what Amazon's been able to do in Seattle. Is they started out in a four or five story building and then adjacent to it you have a 30 or 40 story building and then a few more and then it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And that's just not an option. So the question is where is their space? Mm-hmm. So first place is the Anacostia Riverfront. So do you know where that is? Approximately. Is that close to like Nats Park? I will basically yes. Yeah. So that's that's the place that's been seeing like all the development right now. It's kind of it was kind of the last bastion of an area where DC could build out. Um because it was a largely kind of industrial place. But there's already so much like I don't know what room is left. Yeah, I agree with you. I I know that DC has these bids out, which means that they're prepared to give some of this land up, but I just don't think it's very compatible for what Amazon really wants to do with the area. And to be fair, there's a lot of development that's already happening in that area. So it's not like that area, that that land is going to become unused right now. Some of it's being used for the wharf, which is a new development uh, in that area right now. The most gentrified place you'll ever see. Basically. It's amazing. Yep. So I think that covers DC pretty well. At this point, we've kind of listed out a lot of the pros and well, cons. I guess one of the things, so we talked about Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. Washington Post, he already has a house there. From a political perspective, what do you think they have to gain from being in D.C.? From a lobbying perspective, do you think there's something that can be gained there that really puts it at an edge, or is it not really that relevant? Because some people are making, like, obviously they're not serious, but they, you know, the Amazon wants to take over the United States. And by placing themselves in our, you know, political hub it's going to give them that option so yes and no like it's just because they're in because they're in dc that doesn't necessarily mean they're suddenly going to get all political favor mm-hmm. but what it does mean is that jeff bezos is going to have a higher likelihood of staying in the area and potentially having his nose closer to the ground <clears throat> potentially getting into uh, a little bit more lobbying or being able to influence some deals at lower levels that might better uh, benefit Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an article I read where it referenced the fact that whenever Jeff Bezos is in the city, he likes having these enormous parties in which he invites you know, high up executives or political campaigners or people who are relevant in that sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will obviously happen a lot more often if he's here over half the time. So. Yeah, and in the defense of Amazon, um, Amazon is in a lot of different industries with a lot of regulation. For example, uh, they're trying to build their own um, package delivery system. They're trying to compete with U.S. mail. They're trying to uh, disrupt the shipping industry on top of, you know, a lot of the digital stuff that they're doing. So like what we were saying earlier, Amazon is not a digital company at their forefront. They're trying to bridge the gap between digital services and physical goods a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is having political favor will ultimately better help them in a lot of these industries that are entrenched and have a lot of political clout already. Mm-hmm. You're saying that this could lead to like the partial privatization of those industries? Exactly. Like if the USPS, because frankly, it cannot survive if Amazon were to have that kind of global reach. So the question is, would there be a partnership in that sense? We don't want that to happen. Some people don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah. So, so moving on from D.C., want to talk about Nova? What's different? Yeah, let's talk about Northern Virginia. So Northern Virginia is south, I guess a little bit south and east of D.C.? West. West. West of D.C. West. West. So right across Potomac, um, and Northern Virginia goes very, very far west. So if you're looking at a map, basically from the Potomac River all the way to past Dulles Airport, 
So it all goes, encompasses Northern Virginia. It goes a good 30 or 40 miles, if not yeah, more. For reference, if you want to ride from Metro Center in the center of D.C., you want to take a metro from there to the furthest thing out, which is currently um, Wheelie Rest and East. That's over an hour, or it can be over an hour, yeah. just to get that far. Yeah. So Nova is expansive. Um, and when we talk about kind of the Dulles Quarter, which is one of the main places they're talking about, um, just know that that's very far away, and that's kind of the big problem with it. So. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are the advantages of Nova when compared to DC? So going back to infrastructure, Nova, uh, Northern Virginia or Nova is going to have a lot more land and they don't have any of the restrictions that DC has about building upwards. So if you're looking at uh, one, an industrial location like Tyson's Corner, um, there's a lot of space there for Amazon to grow upwards and grow uh, a big facility. Um, Tyson's Corner is already housing a lot of different industries. Tyson's Corner is, for, for those who haven't seen it, it's an absolute mess. It is urban dystopia of the worst kind. It's it's a place that I think when Nova was first developing, no one could really foresee how big it was going to be. Yeah. So they started building these roadways. Um, and then they started you know building more campuses of big companies like Capital One is there, mm-hmm. um, MITRE, basically a lot of huge government contractors, Booz Allen yep. Hamilton, that kind of stuff. And there are... There are ways onto and off of highways and looping through, and there's no, it's not a walkable place at all. The biggest problem with it. Yep. It has, it has, a, you know, a tremendously huge mall, but you really, like, you get off Metro, you go to it, and you get back on. There's, outside of the mall, you can't get anywhere else. You're, you're, you're divided by like a eight lane road through the center, then you have overpasses going through. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. So, personally, I don't think Tyson's Corner is a reasonable place for them to be. And I think, the two main bids that we'll talk about aren't there, but it's still possible. Yeah. Um, and then for another thing for Nova, we've been talking about them having pre-existing relations. And as you said before, Amazon Web Services main headquarters is in Herndon, which is pretty far west, northern Virginia. So they've already got their feet there. Yeah. And uh, this is in a location uh, in Herndon, Virginia. And, uh, and this is something we actually haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of have been mentioning a lot of the different universities and a lot of ways for Amazon to recruit top talent. Mm-hmm. One of the things about the DC metro area is that uh, you can recruit in essentially three major hubs. So you can recruit in Maryland, you can recruit in Virginia, and you can recruit in DC, which mm-hmm. means that you can recruit talent in a lot of different um, majors and different industries. So, for example, in Maryland, you can uh, recruit people out of University of Maryland uh, in, in anything out of, like, the, the Maryland college system, mm-hmm. which has a lot of great schools uh, and private schools like John Hopkins. When you're Johns looking... Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. Whatever, <laughs> man. Uh, if you're looking in D.C., you have a lot of great private schools there as well, like George Washington. GW. And, yep. then, and then a big thing with... Uh, Virginia is it has one of the best public school systems in the nation, and a lot of them have high-ranking CS departments. Yep. So VT, they can pull from UVA, um, George Mason. George pretty Mason. Good. Yep. So there's a lot of local stuff that's there, and also most of the people who are at those schools are from Northern Virginia already, so they're all kind of coming back. Yep. And Amazon can scoop yep. that up. So right off the bat, you have a lot more universities that you can draw talent off of. Not only that, I think. One thing that we need to talk about with DC is that it's a funny city in that you you'll look online at like best cities for tech workers, right? And they all have different metrics of how they analyze it. And you'll see that DC is always either right at the top or they're not on it at all. And the reason is if you're analyzing it purely by tech workers per capita per, per capita or by their income um, compared to the cost of living, DC is pretty good. But the reason that they're not on these other lists is 90% of those people are government contractors. Yep. It's defense contracting. It's it's defense contracting. It's, it's all defense contracting. It's it's all people who work for the government in some way, shape, or form, either through private contractors or working straight for the government or subcontracting to these private contractors. But the 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 name of the game here is government contracting. Yeah. So what we have here is like the, the per capita tech worker is higher in DC than almost any other aside from San Francisco, of course, than any other city in the country. But it's not I would say, personally, someone in DC, it's not the most fulfilling work. And I think if Amazon came, a lot of people who have a lot of skills and have been here for a long time will be incentivized to move towards them. So 
they not only have a lot of new people coming in through universities, but they have a lot of people they can pull who are already here. Yep. Yep. No argument there. So back to Nova. So what are some What's other... What's up with Nova? Yeah. What are some... So so just like what we're saying, Northern Virginia is uh, a, a decently large area. It's a couple of different counties that are potentially bidding. We talked about Tyson's Corner, which is one mm-hmm. one potential location. Yeah, so... What are some other locations in Nova that, that could be considered? Yeah, so there are two main locations that I've heard the most often. Um, basically on opposite sides of, of the county, which is interesting. So first is Crystal City. So Crystal City is, is is a few miles away from DC. It's decently close. It has access to the metro. Uh, the two closest landmarks to it are the Pentagon and Reagan National Airport. Mm-hmm. So it's close to the airport. So right the airport's there. directly to the east of it. And yeah. they, it's it's not as well developed as other parts of Arlington, uh, which is the county right next to Washington DC. So there's potentially a lot of land for these developers to, to use and expand in the area. Not only is there a lot of land, there's a lot of pre-existing buildings that aren't being used from what I've heard. Oh yeah? Like people who walk around there say it's a ghost town. Huh. And that's why it's Crystal Shitty is what they call it. So I don't, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like a really good place for, for a lot of perspectives. It's close to DC. Of course, it's also, there's not a direct link through the river to get there. So you're still waiting about 30 minutes to get to DC, even from there. From Alexandria, it's... I, if I know someone from Alexandria. He commutes to um, Farragut West, and that's forty minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. So well, the actual train ride is thirty minutes. Yeah, it's but in terms of raw distance, it's not too far. But um, you do have to loop around the city. Um, but I personally feel like it's not the end of the world. Like in terms of location, it's pretty good, considering mm-hmm. how close you are to a lot of the resources. And one of the good parts is that it is kind of right in the middle of uh, Alexandria, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, Washington, D.C., and it's pretty close to, like, Tyson's Corner as well. So in, in terms of being close to, I guess, different urban areas, Areas it's not that have a bad. lot of food options, that have a lot of culture options. Like, Alexandria is a great place to, like, have a family, I would say. Yeah. Very expensive place, too. But yeah, so, there's a lot of hubs there. Yeah, and, and kind of adding on to that... Crystal City is known as kind of that's a place where people go to work, mm-hmm. and that's definitely the attitude of it that it already has. Yes, yep. So it's not a residential place. It's basically everyone's either in or west of Arlington, yeah. or they're in Alexandria. Um, and then Crystal City is just this gray blob in the middle of it. I mean, being very blunt, like Crystal City is the place where you get off if you work at the Pentagon. Yeah, that that's basically what it's known for. So. The infrastructure's there. They need to revitalize the space. But if you bring in 50,000 workers, that, that will happen by itself. So, yep. yeah. So the other main place that we need to talk about is basically all of the area surrounding Dulles. Um, there's a place called the CIT, which is the, uh, I don't even remember what it's called. But it's this huge pre-existing campus of buildings um, in a heavily forested area just to the southeast of Dulles. Um, and basically all around Dulles, um, for reference, this is where a lot of data centers are. This is very close to the AWS Center. This is right next to Dulles, obviously, so being directly next to one of the biggest airports in the country is advantageous. But it's not a very developed area. Northern Virginia is kind of this rapidly evolving cancer that's been building, and now it's going south of Dulles, it's coming back around Dulles, it's going up into Loudoun. Um, so there's development there, but it's not urban for the most part. It's what very find, sprawl. What you find is there's a sprawl, and then every 10 miles, you have this like urban center. Mm-hmm. You have your Reston Town Center, you have your Mosaic District, you have your Alamo Draft House, whatever that is, that thing one in Loudon. Ashburn. It's called one, one Loudon. You have one Loudon. Um, you've got Fairfax. Um, but and directly in Dulles, that's there's nothing there. Yeah. And in their defense, if you, if you do go to um, a city like Reston and to the Dulles area, there are a lot of offices there. For example, in the in the Dulles Tech Corridor, uh, Verizon has a very big campus there. AOL, um, I don't know what they're doing anymore. They used to have a very big campus there. Uh, AOL, uh, the Dulles Corridor was actually their headquarters. Um, in addition to that, uh, you do, like what Nathan was mentioning, you do have the AWS Center that's there in addition to um, a couple of uh, government contractors and uh, Microsoft is actually in that area right now as well. Mm-hmm. So, kind of adding on to that, a lot of the reasons why 
this area is ultimately sprawl is because they don't have a lot of jobs that are currently in that area. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of the residential hub. That's where people live, and then people commute out you to commute DC. You commute either to Tyson's. A lot of people commute to Tyson's, or or then yeah. further to DC. So so that's why uh, a lot of the area hasn't developed and become. Uh, a little bit more compact and urbanized. Kind it's of because, an autonomous place. Yeah. And one of the big cons of this area is that there's a, there's a, a huge lack of, of public transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really hard. Uh, unless you have a car, it's pretty much impossible to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, the bus system in the area is not too bad, but it's it's definitely a bit of a hike to, to take a bus and go somewhere. You definitely have to excuse me, plan around your day uh, a lot more than in another urban location like uh, in DC proper or Seattle, San Francisco, New York City, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, we should reference that by the early 2020s, the current um, DC metro system is supposed to expand to Dulles. And that if Amazon were going to create a bid here, they might have some sway as to where that stop's going to be. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, maybe there's nothing right now, but they basically will get a metro stop where they are, which is almost essential, I think, for the campus that they want. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think we've kind of hit the pro and con of it pretty well. Um, do we want to talk about Montgomery County? Let's talk about Montgomery County. Yeah. So none, neither of us are from Montgomery County. We've been through it. It's very similar. It's basically just a northern version of Northern Virginia mm-hmm. in the sense that it's kind of a sprawling suburban area that kind of comes out from D.C. Most of those people are commuting into D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, but Montgomery County does have kind of its own flavor in some sense in that a Bethesda's lot of like... Bethesda there, right? Hmm? Bethesda is in Montgomery County. So Bethesda is their Arlington to some extent. So Bethesda is kind of their big urban center. Mm-hmm. Um, you go north of that, you have Rockville. You go north of that, you have some other stuff. Yeah. Um, the main site that they've been talking about is North Bethesda. There's kind of this abandoned mall, this enormous plot of land. Um, mm-hmm. A 45-acre vacant site. Yeah called the White Flint Mall. And that's that's kind of the biggest place that people are talking about as a potential location. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's still, I mean, it's it's closer, It's for reference, it's closer than Dulles, it's further than Crystal City when it comes to proximity to DC. Yeah. So I was gonna say, uh, this area is actually very close to DC. Um, they have a lot of, uh, they have, they're in proximity to two metro stops to DC uh, on the red line. They're actually close to the Bethesda stop and then the Rockville stop right after. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition the to that... The North Bethesda they're talking about isn't really close to either, though. So you question, a, is there a bus system that goes there, or do they add a stop? They might add a stop. It's $5 billion they could add a stop. Yeah, they so could do it. We'll see. Uh, in addition to that, Bethesda does have a decent tech scene there, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, not so a lot of people know about. One big thing with Bethesda is there's a lot of STEM stuff, like the NIH is there, mm-hmm. the Food and Drug Administration. Um, there's kind of this... I often drive kind of north. I'm driving like to New York from Northern Virginia and I cut through that area. And strangely in the middle of nowhere, like every 15 miles, you just see like this, like Siemens is there, the NIH is there. There's a lot of kind of biotechnology places there. Um, Mm -hmm. It's strange. I don't know why they're that far out, but they are. Yeah. So there is tech in that area. Um, And it's, it is closer to DC than what a lot of people think. I think that you could drive from there to DC in in relatively fifteen minutes or so. Drive? You could probably Rush hour? Yeah. I think they're they're probably not five, ten miles off. Because yeah. yeah. I knew someone well, you know, who lives in a I knew people who commuted from Bethesda to Silver Spring. That's yeah. Right. And it takes her over thirty minutes. That's to take the metro in. Yeah. But that's that's different. I guess so. Yeah. But the point I mean it's it's not right there. Yeah. But but it is definitely part of the area. It's definitely uh, a good uh, place to be. In addition to that, some insider knowledge too is that um, one of the the people who are who's in charge of the bidding process at Amazon, she used to be uh, the head of development of Montgomery For, County. Wow. Okay. So there's some sort of people are are conspiracy theorizing that there's some insider trading going on hmm. with that. Yeah, so they've actually publicized their financial package to some extent. So mm-hmm. we have state income tax pr- credits um, up to oh, it's sixty thousand five hundred thousand dollars. That's not actually that much. Mm-hmm. Ten million dollars each year to the state's 
economic development opportunities, billions of dollars in road transit infrastructure upgrades. That's basically like basically building North Bethesda into Bethesda and making it into one kind of central urban hub. Yeah. Um, that's basically what they want to do is just extend Bethesda up a little north to the point where it would encapsulate their campus. And Bethesda's nice. Like I can speak to it being I'm not there very often, but it's it feels more residential than Arlington in the sense that I could see someone living there, whereas Arlington is purely like people commute there. Mm-hmm. People live in Boston or, you know, there's kind of a kind of urban thing stretching basically from Arlington all the way to Boston. Mm-hmm. Bethesda is a lot smaller. Um, it's kind of centralized in one spot, but it's it's quaint. It's nice. I it's like a nice it. area, people. It's got tall buildings, so they can build yeah. up, as we've said. Yeah. So. There's no restrictions there. Mm-hmm. I personally think that Montgomery County... Interesting. Uh, uh, okay. I think that out of the three Virginia bids, I think Montgomery County is the one that's going to win it. Because, uh, again, I think that... The insider trading is yeah, an important... I thing. think that that, uh, that area is poised to develop a little bit more. I think that they have a lot more... Be- be- because that area is a little bit less developed than the other locations that are in Virginia, which means that they have a lot more opportunity for... Amazon to define what that area will really look like. So I think ultimately that's uh, how I see that bid going. In addition to that, um, it's weirdly enough, it's a little bit easier to get to DC proper to get to a lot of important landmarks in DC from that area. Because you're coming in from the north? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that could ultimately influence the bid a little bit in the sense that if Jeff Bezos wanted to go out to that area, he, he could probably, I don't know if he takes the metro, he probably doesn't, but it would be easier for him to go to Capitol Hill from there than mm-hmm. it would be from like a place like Crystal City. I think Elon will bore like a little tunnel for him, just from one spot to the next. Yeah. Um, and I think on top of that, um, I just think that Dulles is, is too far and it has a lot that they, they have a lot that they need to do in order to develop and incentivize the area for. So that's mm-hmm. going to be hard. So, yeah. So I think in short, the, the two big bids are probably Crystal City and Montgomery County. I think Montgomery County has more to offer in that area. But you think Crystal City is the bid in Nova more so than kind of further out in that area? I think the Dulles would lose just because of the lack of public tra- transportation. I agree. Even and, even without public transportation. Yeah. Even if, even if you know, we did build out the stuff there, it's just too, too seclusive. Mm-hmm. It's too reclusive. Rather. Exactly. Um, Included. Yeah, and I think the problem with Crystal City is that they're gonna have to compete in sort of airspace and location with the Pentagon, which mm-hmm. I don't think that Amazon really wants to do. The Pentagon has a lot of different restrictions uh, in mm-hmm. that area, so it could limit them in a little bit mm-hmm. compared to the other locations. Yeah, I mean, when eighteen of the bids are for cities, you would think that with the two that aren't, it would need to be in very close proximity to the city, because mm-hmm. from that they've basically telegraphed what they want. Yep. In reference to it being urban. Yep. So I feel like when people say Dulles is a good chance, it's just neglecting the fact that every other thing they're considering is a city. Mm-hmm. And Dulles, if you're in Dullus, you're not you're not getting that. Yep. You're basically getting an, an urban bubble that they have to entirely build themselves. Um which is just a lot of work. So, so yeah. Um cool. so I guess let's say it happens. Yeah. Let's say Amazon HQ2 is it doesn't even have to be in Montgomery. Let's say it's either in DC, Montgomery, or it's in, in the Nova. Area. It's it's ultimately going to be pretty similar effects no matter what. So mm-hmm. the question is, how does how does DC change? How do we account for that? What do you think the repercussions are going to be long term? Yeah. So and how should people who are listening to this in DC act now? As in, they should buy real estate right now, or the day after? Okay. I think it's wait, reactionary. Wait till we know it happens. Yeah. And then do it like. I think because it's, in like two months it's gonna skyrocket. Yeah, I think it's reactionary to to buy real estate right now, but that is gonna be a big effect. I think that mm-hmm. DC already has very expensive. It's a very expensive market to buy a house or to rent. DC I think is that's, after San Francisco and New York City, the third most expensive market in the entire yeah. US. So I think that if Amazon came here, they would skyrocket to be number one. More than San Fran. Okay, maybe, I don't think more than San Fran. Not maybe more than San or Francisco. New York City. I don't. But they're they're they'll they'll be close. I think they'd still be third. Because, I mean, when you, when sure. you get to the top three, the gap is so large. But they will certainly close the gap. That's fine. Largely. I, my point is this is going to go up yeah. a lot. And it's already high enough. Yeah. yeah. It's already high. So that's going to be a problem. 
Um, in so addition to traffic, that, we have fifty thousand commuters. So I think that in terms of traffic, it I don't think it's going to get that much worse. Why not? You think they're going to have enough infrastructure? No, transportation? I, I think that the way to think about this is this is not necessarily going to bring 50,000 new people to D.C. Mm-hmm. This is going to make sure that 50,000 people in the area have jobs. Yes, but the question is, if 50,000 people are, or let's say 20,000 people in the area mm-hmm. reallocate, yeah, what happens to those 20,000 positions? Who fills those? Right? Fair point. I think that it does. No, it's, it's not like it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like we can just move all those people to Amazon and we're not going to have. Like, we're going to have to move in yeah. a significant number of people, regardless yeah. of what happens. Yeah. Um, it's going to make traffic worse. <laughs> Long story short, I guess. Uh, and that's why they're already asking for public transportation options, is because they know how badly their traffic is going to really be. Um, yeah. So, DC yeah. is basically. It's always either first or second. It's tied of L.A. for having the worst commuter traffic mm-hmm. in the it's entire bad. country. It's pretty bad. I have a rule. I cannot drive east between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And I will not drive west between like 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like I won't do it. Yeah. Because it's absolutely awful. Thankfully, I can take the metro to work. But Yeah. You can just stay in the office or something. Um, yeah. I think ultimately it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the culture in this area. I think that going back, I think that there's a lot of, like what we were saying, government contracting that's is the what, name of the game. Yeah, that's really what's exciting. Is... So it's going to change. It's gonna give a lot more opportunities to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the in the private sector, the biggest player here is probably Capital One. Mm-hmm. They're the biggest employer outside. Biggest of employer the that has a headquarters here, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think something that's cool about DC is that our our tech culture is really big in some extent. Like... If you look at meetup.com, if you go on meetup.com throughout the entire country, you search the biggest meetups. Almost all of them are tech meetups in D.C. Oh, yeah? Like, the D.C. tech meetups are bigger than San Francisco. Oh, cool. And I think a lot of it is just, like, <laughs> there's a lot of tech people here, and they're not satisfied with their jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think everyone's kind of rooting, at least everyone in the city is rooting for us to develop more of a startup culture, or at mm-hmm. least more of a private tech exploratory culture mm-hmm. i think what happens with amazon is you bring in let's say an influx of thirty thousand tech people mm-hmm. um amazon does not have the best retention rate not the best in the world no so a lot of those people you know they come with their families they end up leaving amazon in five years what do they do um they start companies and yeah. we see a lot more you know innovative good tech companies from great minds who have kind of you know shifted over to dc spring up and we're, we're already seeing that to some extent, but most of the smaller companies in D.C. are basically people who work for bigger government contractors saying, I want to be a smaller government contractor. Yeah. It's like, it's like I want to pretend I'm a startup and I want to like mirror that culture to some extent, mm-hmm. kind of a faux San Francisco thing. But ultimately what most of them are doing is they find some specialized area, some slice of contracts that they can specialize in, mm-hmm. whether it be GIS services or... A very specific type of satellite or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what they do. Yeah. So I, I think just like we have an inferiority complex with tech. I feel it. I feel it when I walk down the street. Yeah. And I feel bad. And I think a lot of people would benefit from it. Yeah. 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 I think it ultimately it brings a lot of sexy jobs, for lack of a better word, to DC. And I think that um, this could potentially make sure that. There's a lot of top tech talent who is not already in the area, stay in the area. Um, I think that so so the this area this DC area is really interesting because of the different diversity of people who are here. Mm-hmm. And in terms of natives of the area, it's also super interesting mm-hmm. because if you're looking at sort of the Virginia or the Maryland side, you see a lot of people who who have been here long term. You see a lot of people who uh, have been here for a lot of their lives or have moved here for a job and have even been then, here. though like nova is so new yeah. that like a nova native is someone who's been here for 20 30 years mm-hmm. like almost everyone's a transplant to some extent yeah these aren't people who grew up in in dc like these the, the natives here are people who moved here when their houses were built mm-hmm. like that's that's new dc yeah. everything's new um yeah so you're saying there's diversity in the sense that DC versus Nova has like a different 
vibe to it? Or yeah, it? DC proper has a lot more transplants. No, the Nova. That's definitely true. Really? Yeah. DC proper. DC proper has a lot of people who who <coughs> move there for government opportunities who are staying in the area because of uh, people who are located okay. there. They have more short term transplants. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. But they also, I think, have more long term natives than is even possible in the other areas because they're just so new. Yeah. And then, I mean, DC is small. So DC as a city is what 630,000 people I think. Yeah. The DC metro area is 6 million people. Yep. So it's it's mostly the sprawl. It's Nova, it's Montgomery County. It extends all the way to Columbia, Maryland, that area and extends south to Woodbridge, um just going down the Potomac River for a while. Um it's everywhere. Yep. So there's a lot of people to pull in. Well, yeah. I think that again, if DC gets this bid this is ultimately going to shape the culture in the area. And um, I think ultimately DC's identity is still going to be government. That's not going oh, to change yes. anytime soon. Yeah. But what this could do is supplement that and sort of uh, bring technology a little bit more to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so exciting about this bit. This is This could signal a shift in what DC could be. And that's why this is so important. Not to everyone. But like there's already an undercurrent mm-hmm. to some extent. You, you see a lot more, um, you know, meet meetups of like local private sector tech companies. Yeah. Like people are really proud of being here in private sector, mm-hmm. partially because there's not that many of us. Yeah. But partially because we think we're riding a wave to some extent. I yep. think. So hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, when you look at those top lists, DC will be on all of them, not just because there's a lot of tech workers, but because, they're fulfilling jobs. Yeah. Or at least not. Yeah. Not making bombs. Yeah. Regardless. So, all right. Let's let's go outside DC. All right. What what is this? What is this Hunger Game style that Amazon is using? What is this signal for the future? Will this happen again? Will Amazon order, do this? Will in, Microsoft do this? Will in order for, in order for a company to do this, they have to have a lot of clout. They have there's to only have a few lot companies of that can do this. E- exactly, but. I think that if if there's another big company that wants to do something like this, I could totally see, um, I don't know, like, it doesn't necessarily have to even be tech. It could be something like Boeing, if Boeing wants to create a second headquarters. Like, yeah. if there's another... It won't have the same general publicity, but it could still basically get a lot of great incentives. Yeah. I think what we're learning... what Do you think this is legit? I guess is a question. Has Amazon known from the very beginning where they want to be and they're just trying to drive up incentives through competition? Or is this something where they're really leaning on these cities to provide them with the reason they should come and that's actually helping them? Were their minds made up before or is this making their minds up for them? I think that Amazon probably had a very good idea of where they wanted to go. I think before. they I think they had maybe like three or four. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is bullshit. But at least this at least between the three and four it's some genuine competition i don't people who say that they already knew exactly where they're going to be this is just doing their negotiations for them exactly this is just all this is doing is doing their negotiation when they don't have to go ahead and spend the money and the time and the pr to to be able to do it so it is a big deal for them Mm -hmm. um and i think going back i think you brought up an interesting point if what happens if other companies do this? And I could totally see other companies doing yeah. this now. Apple could do this. Microsoft they, could do this. This is sort of... Google could do this. If you prove that something works, other people will follow you. And that's that's true of human nature everywhere. If someone else takes a risk and does it, then great. Now you can follow in their I guess steps. the problem is fo- doing this again is so transparent. Right? Like, yeah. how, many, how many people are going to bite the second time? Like this, this was fun, see, kind of as a social exercise to some extent. But the problem is, we haven't been able to see the effects of something like this yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's going to be a a mid to short term gap where the effects of doing something like this will not be fully realized by the market. And it's within which, that gap that someone needs to strike. Exactly. So, Unless it ends up being really beneficial, and then yep, okay. And if another company, I don't know, like say Facebook or Google or something like that wants to build out a big campus and they want to do that somewhere else, they will ultimately benefit from from uh, the findings of this process. This is only going to help, not hurt any other companies and any other bids. Mm-hmm. But will it hurt the cities? That's the question. That's a good and question. And will, will those cities be willing to do this again? The ones who face humiliation. 
the Newarks in the world. I'm sorry, Newark. That's I, I pray for you. But. That's a very good question. Who's going to bite again? Yeah, because at this point, at least now that we've, at least now that we've narrowed it down to twenty, mm-hmm. all those smaller towns that some of them were heartfelt. Yeah, I think some of those people legitimately believe that there was. I don't know if they knew there was a, thought there was a chance. They at least saw it as a way to like give publicity to their town. I don't really know what they benefit from there, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some rationale for why they made those bids. Yeah. I don't think those bids happen again, which means that I disagree with you. I think those. Bids <laughs> you think, you think again. all those people are going to do it again? I think you, think you a know, random Kentucky place is going to. Sure, I don't think it's going to be as much of a media blitz because Amazon mm-hmm. commands a presence, and other companies might not do that. But I think that. If you look at kind of the top 20 that bid it, I think that a good majority of those would oh, do another bid again. No, top 20, I'm saying yeah, yes. Who, I'm saying the other 218, maybe not. No, most probably them, not. But most of them not. I don't know. Like some random town in the middle of nowhere is probably not, excuse me, doing another bid again. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what it is. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, if Facebook wants to come over and give us the Zuck. You also run for president. Lizard people. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's about it for this week. <sighs> Listen to us in two weeks where we talk about something else. I don't know cool. what yet. Sick, dude. Sick. Cool, dude.